Hello, and welcome to the Illinois Realtors Weekly Podcast, keeping you up to date with all the latest news in the realtor world. I'm Jeremy, and today I am joined in the studio by Mr. Jim Clayton. Jim, welcome back. Thank you, Jeremy. And There is a lot of stuff going on uh, in the state, and especially with the governmental affairs team. There's always something going on with the governmental affairs team. But um, specifically, you know, we've been talking on the podcast and in our videos recently a lot about the uh, housing market in Illinois um, and some of the forecasts and everything else that's going on. Um, and so... You know, we've had Dr. McMillan on, we've had, uh, you know, a couple other housing experts. And so we just kind of wanted to get in here and check in on kind of the government affairs work with the General Assembly in what's being done to kind of address the housing market, specifically in regards to uh, the housing inventory. So, uh, Jim, why don't you just start off here and just give us like kind of a general update about, you know, where the government affairs team is when it comes to uh, the housing inventory in Illinois. Not a problem. Um, we can go back to... Um, the 102nd General Assembly, the first year, 2021, mm -hmm. if we really want to look at things that we've done policy-wise. Um, you know, we recognized early on in 2020 that the issue isn't too high of rent. The mm -hmm. issue isn't, you know, too high of home sales uh, prices. The issue was having the inventory. Yeah. <laughs> Where are they? Yeah. <laughs> um, so one of the very first things we tried to do in 2020 and 2021 was come up with ideas for con construction of new homes. And how to incentivize that, mm. whether that's materials being bought in the area, you get a sales tax benefit or credit back from. But we really tried to start pushing ideas like that. Um, and what came out of it, I would say in 2021, you know, you you throw <laughs> a lot of in compromises, especially in omnibus packages, yes. which is affordable housing package or the real estate license law pa package. There's so many different components <laughs> that we tried early on in 2021 to say, okay, let's let's give these credits back. Let's let's start building. Mm. Let's find reasons and incentives to get people to build brick and mortar. Yeah, um, which you know the first couple drafts and the first couple meetings, they're all in there. You know, and but as the session goes on, and especially as the leaders are trying to get budgets done, and you know they got to get these omnibus bill pa bills packages passed, um, a lot of compromise has to be made. In 2021, a couple things that we did from there. That stemmed off there. The first one I can remember um, was House Bill 1932. Mm. And that was amending the county code to do away with fees that had to do with inspections and permits and construction permits. Okay. That way, once again, that in incentivize. You know, okay, county code can be rewritten where you don't have to go through every one of these steps. Mm. You don't have to pay for this and then pay for that permit and then pay for this inspection and then wait to get your plot approved and then wait <laughs> for the conceptual design to get approved by a city council or a county board. Um, they kind of streamlined all that by doing away with the, with the fees. And that became a public act. I think it's, uh, here's the brain with numbers, public <laughs> act uh, 102-0024. Well, yeah, I mean, who couldn't remember that? Right. <laughs> From 20, it's just how the brain works. Just numbers and me, they just work. Yeah. I can remember them. <laughs> Um, but that has really helped as far as removing the red tape. Right. And I would say that is one of the biggest hurdles we have. Yeah. Um, is so many different municipalities and so many different counties right out throughout the state. And the GADs can, as a former GAD, I can attest to this, <laughs> but the GADs could really, really fill you in on, on all the different levels people have to go through to get uh, design approved or to actually break ground. Yeah. Um, so that bill, that Public Act 102-0024, that is was kind of that first streamline of, okay, let's remove that red tape. Let's remove some of these barriers um, and see if that streamlines a little bit of the development side of things, which it did, but you still have to remember that just because your permits and your inspection fees and everything else is condensed, municipalities and counties still have things like impact fees. Uh-huh, yeah. Still, still have regulatory, regulatory barriers or hurdles you have to go through. 
So it's not like, oh, Public Act 102-0024 passed. Now we have free will. Mm -hmm. Now we can just build where we want and not have to worry about these fees. No. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. I wish it was that way. (laughs) But uh, it's just not. And, you know, we really are focusing, taking that public act that, that happened, and we kind of looked at that as a microcosm of what small, that's a small component. What could we take from that small component and say, let's amplify it a little bit? Okay. And what we did this year to amplify that in, in our attempt, uh, our CEO, Jeff Baker, drafted a credible housing bill hmm. uh, with assistance from the Government Affairs team and uh, our legal um, legislative attorney, Matt Rentschler, and I mm-hmm. are quite the backroom team. That's we right. are. That's the, that's the dream team right there. <laughs> yeah, us too. Uh, we live in the shadows and work on a lot of <laughs> a lot of language. And, um, you know, him, Betsy Mitchell, and myself came up with a uh, with an outline. And from that outline, Jeff Baker came up with just an incredible bill. Um, and in that bill, we, we tried to tie those impact fees that I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. We had one component in that bill that were amplifying what we did from that public act a few years ago which is, okay, if you're not going to do impact fees in a legal way, and for those that don't know, an impact fee is a commercial developer or, let's say, a housing developer of a neighborhood. Right. They are responsible for the immediate adjacent and contiguous road. Oh, okay. So if you put in a Walmart, that immediate block around it, whatever impact you're going to be adding to those roads those immediately adjacent roads, they're going to charge you for that okay. because they're going to have to redo the roads. It's cost. It's going to damage <laughs> them over and over. And there's an algorithm based on from the National Association of Realtors of how you can come up with those okay. impact fees. What are you responsible for to improve the roadway in your area? Well, there's a very strict set of guidelines you have to follow in order to Cal- out access these impact fees and require somebody to pay them. Okay, And part of those are those impact fees regulations and guidelines is you first you have to establish what's called a RIFAC, a road improvement financial advisory committee. Okay. <laughs> and those are the ones that have to approve whether or not you can even handle the excess traffic on those roads. Sure. And what money has to be allocated to her and, and they can come up with, okay, let's say there's an average of a trip and a half per family going to be added on that road per day. And there's 30 homes being built in that wow. neighborhood. They, that's how you kind of figure <laughs> that out. That gets that's, way into the details. Right. That's, that's, but that's, that's the, crazy. That's yeah. the algorithm. Um, so not only does that have to be established, that committee, next you have to have what's called an interest-bearing account. That every impact fee goes straight into that interest-bearing account, cannot be used for anything else regarding the municipality or the county. It has to be directly and uniquely attributable to that development. Yeah. That's where we're running into the issues. Mm. Even though this is law, there's a lot of municipalities out there that We'll just say, okay, you're going to add, said the one and a half trips per day per family or a family and a half or whatever the numbers NAR has, mm-hmm. and not even have a RIF Act, not even have a financial committee set. They don't have an interest-bearing account set up. They just say five units for apartments. You want to build a five-unit complex? $200,000. Where? And it goes into general fund, and then you won't believe the amount of different government entities that – or the bureaucracy departments mm-hmm. that are taking little chunks of that impact fees in some of our areas. And school, school districts, great. But you'll see park districts. You'll see hmm. nine different entities all getting a piece of one development's impact fee that have been written in through intergovernment agreements. Okay. But the whole idea of an impact fee is to provide infrastructure and safe roads and 
pay back what the damage or traffic you're going to add to a road. Yeah. You know, it's called an impact fee, the <laughs> impact you're going to have. So a park district 10 miles away from a development, I don't see how that's uniquely and specifically attributable to that development. Yeah, exactly. And that's the law. So to go back, long story long. No. <laughs> uh, our idea was to really go through that in our housing package this year, was to hold municipalities and counties um, accountable for following the regulations and guidelines that are set in law now. Right. And if you're not doing that, you know, whether there's fines or penalties or fees, that's not up to us. Mm -hmm. You know, but we wanted to narrow in and say, okay, how can we solve this issue? Because uh, a municipality, like I said, 200,000 for a five unit, that's actually a real number. Yeah. From a real municipality. (laughs) Oh, wow. In Illinois. Remain nameless. Yes, yes. (laughs) Five bedroom or five unit apartment complex. Man. Just to put... The ground or the shovel in the ground is two hundred thousand dollars in impact. And, you know, relatively speaking, the economy is doing fine, as from what I've been reading. You know, I'm not an economist, but um, you know, like, uh, but there is the housing market is still so bereft of options right mm-hmm. now because the interest rates were so low during the pandemic. And you know, I said on this program before, I'm one of those guys that got a really low refinance yep, interest absolutely. rate, and. I don't want to, you know, sell my house to go get an interest rate for like six or seven percent. Correct. Um, but yeah, and then luckily the last round, the Fed did not raise rates, um, right. which was very welcome news, I'm sure for everyone. Right? right. And and I would say that you know, outside of a catastrophic kind of event like COVID, mm-hmm. where you're going to see rates drop like that, you're going to have unique opportunities of certain markets. Uh-huh. Outside of that, in Illinois, our only chance of catching up with this inventory and our only chance of um, saying here's more opportunities, more options, like you just said, to live mm-hmm. is if we cut some of this red tape. We got to get building. <laughs> we, and we got to start building brick and mortar. And, yeah. you know, going back to some of the things we've tried to do, you know, as far as building, I know um, one of the things we did at affordable housing um, last year and this year was supported um, recorder fees going from 9 to $18. Right, right. And that excess of that $9 goes specifically to an account to address affordable housing and development of affordable housing, as long as yeah. it's building affordable housing. Mm. You know, and I think as long as we're talking about our bill and affordable housing, yeah, we focus a lot on affordable housing, as rightfully slow. So like low-income housing, um, affordable housing, we want people to have that American dream, but we also want people to have shelter and a home to go to. Yeah, some people need that stepping stone. You Correct. Know? Like... And the General Assembly does the same. They focus a lot about on affordable housing, and there's great, you know. Mm. Um, but what we're we kind of switched our brain to this past year is the missing middle, that mm. middle class, that starter home, that yeah. first family yeah, yeah. home. You know, they're not there either. Mm. The inventory for them, uh, those type of uh, residents aren't there. Yeah. So how do we get that missing middle, that first time home buyers, that starter home, mm. first time having a family, and they yeah. want, or a family wanting a little bit more room? How do we get that missing middle to have an inventory that they can go to as well? Yeah. You know? And so we started thinking about different zoning options that we could do to maybe reduce some of the barriers. But I think one of the best things we came up with is Rivian. Okay. Rivian is bringing in um, a manufacturing uh, plant for their electric vehicles in Decatur, which okay. is about you know, 40 minutes down the road. Nice. And Supposedly, it's supposed to be about 25,000 jobs that are being brought to central Illinois. Well, we thought, why not tie in with that and see if we can incentivize not only Rivian, state of Illinois, and possibly the Illinois realtors, (laughs) collaborate 
to provide some type of home buyer assistance. Yeah. And manufacturing of homes, building of homes for these 25,000 employees. <laughs> if they're from other states, great. But let's let's start at an air, at, at an incentive incentivizing if you're going to come to Illinois. One we want to make it a state that invites companies like this. Yes. We want Amazons, we want Rivians, <laughs> we you know. Yeah. But if that's going to be a hub for electric vehicle manufacturing, like the governor says, Illinois, he wants Illinois to be, mm-hmm. why not tie in with it and yeah. see if we can't, if you're going to bring all these jobs, Illinois, and these plants, Illinois, which is great and we need it, 100% we need it, great idea. They need places to live. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we hear that rent's too high and we hear, exactly. you know, const- well, rent wouldn't be that high if there, you exactly. know, was more of a supply. Yeah. You know, that's so, I'm not a, Economist either. Like yeah, said. yeah. But I, know, I understand the supply and demand. <laughs> Two non-economists, but we do understand some things. <laughs> yeah, supply and demand, I think, is, is taught well, at a very young age. That, that's so. exactly where I was going to go, too, though, is that it would help with the skyrocketing rent prices. Because, like, it seemingly, from what I've been reading, like, the inflation has come down quite a bit, mm-hmm. except in, like, rental properties. Correct. And that it's still very, very high there. Yeah. Um, you know, I have some friends who are in college right now or going to grad school that are kind of out of luck, like trying to find affordable apartments Absolutely. to rent. I have uh, my wife's cousins getting married right now to a person in the military. You know, they're going to be in Mississippi. They're going to be in St. Louis. They're yeah. going to be all over, even Germany. Yeah. And in St. Louis now, them trying to find an apartment at 24 years old, mm. one in the military, one's an occupational therapist. It was just Oof. so tough for them. Yeah. And like I, I told them, you know, naturally you're inclined to – okay, there's a huge issue of, let's just say, there's a huge issue of rent prices. Yeah. Naturally, you're inclined to go to, well, what's the biggest and most drastic thing I can do to change those rent prices? Mm-hmm. And that's when our legislators go, rent control. Yeah. Let's control that price. Yeah. But what you're doing is you're boxing out others from that, and you're kind of capping a market to not have quality. Yeah. And at the same time, you're capping a market to not incentivize more development of it. Yeah. And wouldn't you kind of ex post facto create what's happening with like people who don't want to sell with low interest rates right now? Right. If you're rent controlled into a very low apartment, they're, they'll stay there for 20 they're gonna years. They're going to stay there for forever. Yeah. yeah. And, you, and you're and that, not incentivized that's an to actual, move anywhere else. That's an actual problem that not only happens in San Francisco, but in New York. And the other big problem you see in San Francisco and New York, and this is fact- <laughs> factual, yes, is let's say there's a rent control unit of 2000 a month mm-hmm. and they can't charge any more than that. Well, what's going to stop that person from subleasing that out? Yeah. They have to pay their landlord 2000 a month. Mm-hmm. But if they rent it for 3500 a month to two people who are unexpectedly they don't know that it's rent control. Yeah, yeah. They or they just need a place to go, so they're willing to pay 3500 to a sublease. I mean, and you you box them out again. Yeah. And we actually, uh, there was a story I remember from San Francisco a few years ago where a woman was caught subleasing 35 to 40 units Whew. at a time. I Jeez. mean, so you're the whole plan of let's cap the rent. Let's just say you can't charge more than this. Let's, let's take a industry mm. and say, this is the, exact amount of revenue or cost you can have, even though no other industry is like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's going to solve Illinois issue. But I call rent control. I call kind of a headline bill. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. it's not a. I mean, no disrespect to the legislators. I believe in it wholeheartedly. Yeah. Um, there's reasons they do. Yeah. But I really do. I call it a headline bill just because it's going to grab headlines mm-hmm. for sure. Is it going to do anything? No. Yeah. It's going to do more harm than good. Yeah. It seems like there's. There, there's definitely parts of it that are there, but the underlying issue still remains right. is that when you don't have this housing inventory, either selling or building, this is the natural byproduct of it. Well, isn't and it? then when you cap what you can technically 
charge for the rent, even though property taxes aren't capped. Right. Maintenance isn't capped. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Re- replacements and repairs yeah, isn't capped. Yeah, all these other facets that like, right. you just don't think of. You're disincentivizing those for being housing providers, and we yeah. need more housing providers. And, you know, why not, instead of rent control, have a program that you start as a tenant, grow your own landlord, start as a tenant, enter hey. our program. By the end of it, you can be a property manager and hopefully a property owner, but, you know, that's yeah. more of a, a program to get more housing providers and want people to be in that development side of things or the residential side or, or the real estate industry entirely. Yeah. You know, that's more of an idea I think would be better than just saying, like okay, it. you can't charge this. You know, <laughs> so I think going back, it, it's it's red tape. Mm-hmm. It really yeah. is. Um, and municipalities now with different inadvertent consequences to county code that might be changed or mm-hmm. municipal code that might be changed yeah. now have a little more freedom. Yeah, And without someone really administrating the state statute of these impact fees, they can kind of have free will to go, well, I can charge you this. You want to build here, I can I can charge you this. Yeah. And a great example is, is so I, I'm going to draw a blank on the name. <laughs> I think it's Oak Brook. Uh, yeah. Oak Park. One of the, the Oaks. Yeah, one of the uh, Oaks up there. <laughs> uh, Jeff Marinette covers them, and, and he did an incredible job with DuPage County of working with their impact fees. And he is basically the reason they operate their impact fee the way it is, is basically Jeff Marinette, one yeah. of our guys. <laughs> and he fought this for years and got it through. If you go up in that suburb, we have our October business meetings there every once in a while. Mm-hmm. If you go up there in a couple of roads and you see these commercial developments, you see the retail they have. Yeah. And it's nice road, mm-hmm. nice road, nice store, mm-hmm. nice paper, mm-hmm. nice paper. What they do up there is they follow the actual impact fee code. Uh, and they build that road out as they're building that development. So they put mm-hmm. a target in. They extend the road past the target to make it nice. So that way, other companies can come in. Looks more attractive to them. Correct. Yeah. And it covers the added impact it's going to have. Yeah. They do it the right way. They build it out for the next development. Oh, tar- well, Target's a bad example because they don't. They don't care. I mean, they have all the money in the world. Right. But let's say it's a smaller business that wants to go on these certain roads in Oak Brook. Maybe it's a family-owned pet grooming. Yeah. Why, when they get their impact fee, they know, okay, I know I have to pay this up front, and that might stink. You know, that mm-hmm. might hurt a little bit. But my roads are going to be great. You can access my roads. Mm-hmm. They're going to continue developing down Yeah. right adjacent to me as mine's being built. They're going to build the road out so more can come yeah, next to me it, and it, it increases provides, property value, it cre- increases yeah. uh, traffic to the area. So if you're a business, you're going to want that. And it provides a certain amount of security, too. Absolutely. You know, like a peace of mind in Absolutely. terms of uh, going and developing. And, that, you know? and that's in DuPage County, Jeff Marinette. They, I mean, Google, you go up there and look at the developments and you go up there and look at all the options they have. And yeah. It's just beautiful, mm-hmm. you know, and the areas that don't follow it that way to might be just as beautiful, but they're not going to have the same amount of businesses and people coming in and wanting yep. to develop because it might be a little tougher, might be a little more expensive. Might not, you might not see the benefit right away. Like where's this road? What, what am I paying for? I yeah, don't see yeah. a road, you know? <laughs> so when it's done the right way, and I think that's one of our main focuses, um, not only in our package we put together this year, but Moving forward is let's really figure out impact fees. Mm. Let's figure these out so not only can we get back to more of the incentivizing, but less red tape. Yeah. And, um, you know, that. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of the nutshell, isn't it? <laughs> it, it? It really is. If we can just, um, candidly, if we could just allow really good ideas mm-hmm. and necessary ideas um, and building for, for homes or whether that's, you know, just 
housing providers, whether that's rental units, whether that's single family residence, duplex, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. If you can just allow those to happen without breaking the bank of those who want to develop it, delaying the actual brick and mortar and development of it so much that it's not even, yeah. you know, worth it. Yeah. And then it attracts more. Yeah. You know, you will attract more developers to your area when more developments coming in at a lower cost than other areas. I was saying this other why you have to make it, in my opinion, almost a competition between municipalities and counties. Okay. Yeah. You know, we're gonna lower the cost of development so much that we're gonna outdevelop you. We're going to lower the cost of home building so much that we're going to increase our population by 5,000 in the next five years because people are going to want to live here. Yeah. You know, and Illinois is really good at doing that with schools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come to this school district because, you know, (laughs) it's got the amenities. It's got, you know, access to the greatest colleges. Uh Uh-huh. We need to think of, in my opinion, uh, housing in that same way. Yeah. You know, let's make Illinois better than Indiana and Iowa. Yeah. In Missouri. Yeah, yeah. You want to have affordable housing? Come here. You don't want to pay property taxes that uh, that are ba- breaking the bank and not wanting you. Because I know members that look at the tax sale price before they look at the listing price. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we, we really got to, I think, not only compete with other states, but internally compete as a state. Yeah. County to county, municipality to municipality. You know, Chicago Chicago. It's going to have yeah, the revenue <laughs> and the people are going to want to be there with their businesses. It's Chicago. It's one of the greatest cities in the world. Yeah. You know, but when you look at the rest of the state, and especially the areas we're really hurting in inventory, um, so the more of the rural counties and some of the downstate areas, yeah, we need somehow them to compete against not only surrounding states, but compete against their adjacent counties. Yeah. You know, want the population, want the development, want the new businesses in there. Yeah. And I think if you somehow craft policy to force almost counties and municipalities to lower cost of development to compete against each other have that be advantageous have Mm -hmm. that be something that every county or municipality says well let's just do local yeah you know springfield there's two growing communities right around springfield chatham Mm -hmm. and rochester oh yeah you know uh chatham in 1996 had 5,000 people in it yeah now it's got 16,000 yeah you know in a great school Rochester had 3,000. Now it's up to like seven, 8,000. They win uh-huh. state football championships yeah, every year. Yeah. You know, and you want to go to those school districts. Yeah. But at the same time, when you go into those towns right now, you see Chatham building big subdivisions. Yeah. You see Chatham developing different um, businesses. Mm-hmm. Rochester, same way. Yeah. Springfield got a little more red tape, even though it's gotten better, you know, mm-hmm. and having our, our new realtor <laughs> champion mayor should That's help. Right. <laughs> but you get into Springfield, and you don't just see as much as that growth. Yeah. You know, and some of it, a lot of it is the cost. Yeah. You know, it's it's, it's more advantageous for that developer to go to Chatham or Rochester than to Springfield. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it, it might be more invitation, advantageous to go to Marion or Cairo than Carbondale. Yeah. Or, you know, the same way with Peoria, going to Dunlap, Galesburg, instead of actual Peoria. Yeah. So make those small towns. Not only are they doing great of competing against the big towns for development, like we said with Chatham, Rochester, mm-hmm. and those other communities, but make that big town go, why are they beating us in all this? <laughs> you know, we should have more single-family home permits than a town of 15,000 when we have 100,000. Yeah. And force that through removing barriers and removing red tape and become a not only a state, but become a county or a municipality that welcomes housing. Yeah. But welcomes housing development. 
Yeah. All types of it. Because we, we need all <laughs> types of it. We need it all. We need it all. We need it all so. right now in this current climate. Um, before we uh, go, though, is there anything that our members can be doing right now uh, to help with the government affairs team or help with uh, these efforts that we're currently yeah. under? Um, so it's a little different for the state team compared to the GAD team. Right. The state team right now, I wouldn't say we're on break by any, <laughs> by any means. You guys never take a break. <laughs> uh, we have a lot of summer projects, um, promises we've made with um, leaders in both the House and the Senate that we're going to work and craft some policy. Um, some might remember of sealing of conviction records. That's yeah, something yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. we're going to try to really figure out a program that works this summer. Um, so the state team is kind of doing the negotiations and the meetings and, and the drafting that we t- said we were going to work on in the summer during session. So um, we have a lot of promises to keep mm-hmm. as far as those draft and a lot of legislative events. So yeah. we're busy with that. But the GAD team, oh, my God, that never stops. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they have crime-free housing, transfer uh-huh. taxes in Chicago. They they have it all right now. So if what a member can do, <laughs> in mm-hmm. my opinion, call your GAD and say, how you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Just do status <laughs> check on your gad. Yeah. Uh, but no, just be involved. And, and, you know, anytime you can speak to a, le- a legislator or elected official, mm. you know, that's why voting matters. Yeah. <laughs> anytime you can speak to them, put it in their in their brain that, hey, we need to figure out how we can develop more here. Yeah. Um, Even just like letters, emails, uh, yeah, you know, let's our do calls pl- to actions are still happening every yeah. once in a while. Like, let's do a know? pilot program. Yeah. Let's just to see if this Rivian manufacturer, well, why not? We've yeah. tried everything else. And that's kind of where we're at with the legislators a little bit in this, as far as the state house team is like, hey, we've tried all this. Yeah. Why not try this way? Can't, you know, can't hurt. Can't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> can't fall out of a basement window, as some say. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. No, well, I would say as far as membership, um, you know, being, staying involved, um, state capital report doesn't come out unless it's in session, but... Uh, we'll have some recaps yeah. and our scorecard coming out um, probably in August mm-hmm. as far as everything we've done so far in this General Assembly and what to expect next year. And then the GADs. Yeah. They, mm-hmm. Like I said, they, their jobs never stop. They've got yeah. continuous issues. So um, if you really want to be involved, start local. Mm-hmm. and contact your dad and say, how can I help? All right, Jim, thank you so, so much once again Absolutely. for being here. A ton of awesome information, and uh, just it's always better when you're here. So thanks again for being. I appreciate it. I'm glad I'm in studio this time and yes. not at the Capitol on a phone talking to you. So <laughs> exactly. this, one's, this is better. So This is a little better. Yes. Um, all right, and of course, thank all of you, our listeners, for joining us for the next episode. As always, give us a rating or a review on your podcast app of choice. And if you want any more from Illinois Realtors, simply search for Illinois Realtors on your favorite social media app. We will see you next week next week.